Ask an Expert 15, a sidebar conversation about the importance and challenges for health systems to collaborate with pharma manufacturers. Today, I speak with David Carmouche, MD. Relentlessly Seeking Value. When I was talking to Dr. David Carmouche from Oshner in episode 316, about the importance of collaboration amongst anybody trying to actually pull off value-based care. We took a little detour, which I wound up cutting out, into the potential and challenges for health systems to collaborate and do value-based contracts with pharmaceutical manufacturers. It's a really interesting sidebar, though, that I wanted to share with you, especially on the heels of the recent interview with Troy Larsgaard from Johns Hopkins, episode 319, on how pharma can better meet the needs of their health system customers. Here's an interesting point that Dr. Carmouche makes in the sidebar that I thought was worth highlighting. Chalk this up as one of the challenges when trying to create some kind of risk share agreement with a pharma company, like to get the manufacturer to put their money where their mouth is when they say that downstream costs will be saved or complications avoided or better outcomes attained. The challenge comes in assembling enough patients to make it worth everyone's while. As we're considering the assemblage of patients, we have to first consider who's paying for the drugs. It's a payer usually who contracts with a PBM. So any given health system is going to have to have enough patients not only on that one particular payer and its payer mix, but also on that one payer with a plan design that uses that one PBM. As I consider this, I still have questions. Dr. Karmouche is Executive Vice President of Value-Based Care and Network Operations at Oshner. My name is Stacey Richter. This podcast is sponsored by Aventria Health Group. I think where it's been harder for us to create value, frankly, would be collaboration across pharma, let's say, and, and our health system providers. Largely because, frankly, you know, there's no one to control the payment. In some cases, there aren't enough members or enough revenue generated in those sorts of collaborations to really be worth the time and effort it it takes to do them. There's some regulatory hurdles that are difficult to overcome. Were you talking about PBMs or were you talking about something with pharma manufacturers? What we were interested in doing is moving away. So many of the newer drugs in healthcare are specialty drugs, right? They're very expensive. They're used for chronic conditions that are frequently expensive. And the conversation goes something like this, you know, here's a new drug. It's three times as effective as, you know, the, the treatments that have been around at controlling complications of, of a disease but it costs 10 times more than the historical drugs that were used. And so then the question to us becomes, is it better over an episode of here to add a more expensive drug because it's going to reduce downstream costs and complications, or would we be better served using less expensive drugs? And I think that is a challenging conversation. And so value-based relationships between the pharma company who purports to have a drug that may be more expensive on the front end, but controls costs on the back end. To have them put their money where their mouth is a little bit would be the ideal situation for an organization like Ochsner. So we've, we have conversations with pharma. They make these claims. We want them to guarantee those sorts of results. What has been challenging is to execute agreements directly 
that would allow for us to do that. The real reason that it's difficult is that unless you have your own insurance company that has a, a PBM, patients access their drugs through a variety of different PBMs based on their carrier. And so it's very hard to create a large enough pool of patients when you don't control the formulary positioning of a drug by virtue of the PBM that a patient has access to. So that's that's kind of what I was referring to when I when I mentioned that that it's a, a bit of a challenge. What about with inpatient infused products in which the hospital actually is buying their own drugs? So I think there's an opportunity there. The question is really just whether or not there's enough value that's created to make it worth our while. And frankly, my area by virtue of what we do, doesn't really deal with inpatient pharmacy costs. If you think about the the inpatient spend is already a bit of a capitated environment. Most of our payments are are DRG-based. And so there's already a kind of a global payment for inpatient services. So the inpatient folks have incentives to fight that battle. And so I'm sure, you know, our inpatient pharmacy leaders and hospital operators do think about that. But frankly, there's probably not enough value creation there in my world, which is largely driven by outpatient pharmacy spend to kind of make that high on my priority list. Links to everything discussed on the program today can be found at RelentlessHealthValue.com. If you visit the website, RelentlessHealthValue.com, you will also find a complete listing of all of the shows that we have published thus far with leading entrepreneurs and executives in the healthcare space today. Another cool feature is, you know, you can subscribe to the show so that every week the episode is automatically sent to you so you don't have to remember to go to the website to download it. Thanks so much for listening.